0: What's up, guys? Welcome back. Another episode of the Average Money Podcast today, a very special kind of podcast for JJ and I, because for those of you that can see on YouTube, we're in the same freaking building.
1: Live and in person, man. This is insane.
0: (laughs) JJ is here visiting me in New York, and I, I could not be happier about it. We are probably having a little bit too much fun. It's, <laughs> it's 10 o'clock in the morning and we might be, we might be drinking some <laughs> cocktails. But Cheers. But more importantly, guys, today we are going to talk about personal finance and that's why we are here. Today we're going to be talking about three ways that we invest for financial independence retire early or, or it was commonly referred to as the FIRE movement. We're going to briefly touch upon for those that don't know or need more clarification on like what is FIRE and then our own personal like fire stories, and then the three things that we're really doing to create this fire community and this fire movement within ourselves. If you are new to the podcast, my name is Brad Finn, and like I said, I am here, literally here, with my good buddy, J.J. Buckner. J.J., what what are you drinking at 10 in the morning right oh, now, bud? You,
1: you, you're getting me. So I am drinking. So for those of you who don't know, Brad used uh, actually, him and a buddy started up a, a brewery here in New York. Correct. And the brewery was called Dubco. Uh, so if you guys follow me on Instagram, you may have saw this on my story yesterday. I saw their like jackpot of just like the stored beer. It was the most beer I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I'm drinking a, it's called a Waikiki Wheat. And I just tasted it for the first time, and it's amazing. It's a, like I'm a big wheat beer guy, and you said, "Okay, you got to try this," and it's good. It kind of looks girly, whatever, but it tastes good. Um, no, it's it's awesome. And also, the cool fun fact that some of you may not know: uh, my wife and I actually lived on lived in Waikiki for about a year. So we lived out in Hawaii for a year, and it was. One of the best years of our lives, but uh, this just brings back a little bit of memory.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. I owned the brewery. I, I've since exited and sold my fifty percent stake. People ask me about the brewery all the time. I'm like, why don't you ever talk about the brewery? This that and the other thing, because I did. You know, move past my fifty percent, and I, my partner, who is awesome. You know, I, I wanted to pursue things like this podcast and YouTube. And I think people are always shocked. Like, wait you left the business and you're on good terms. Like yeah. you still go there and support them and hang out. I'm like,
1: yeah, yeah we hung out with them last night yeah, or you, yesterday. I
0: know. And you were supposed to drink that beer, but we had a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Friday. But I think it was more cause you had to wake up so early yeah. and fly here. All right. So <laughs> that's why we don't really, we'll get to the brewery though. We'll, we'll talk. I'm going to try and get my partner Chris on because I think starting the brewery is
1: an awesome episode. It's
0: been part of my, my journey to fire. So I think that's definitely worth noting, but start off. Like I said, let's, for the people that don't know, it's kind of – it is a niche term, like the FIRE movement. What is the FIRE movement to you? And then if, if we're different, I, I can give like my two cents Okay, it.
1: cool. So basically, first, FIRE. I think you stated this already, but FIRE is financial independence, retire early. And basically, to sum it all up in as easy as I can – Fire basically means. I think I said basically like six times in that sentence, but we're gonna roll with it. <laughs> basically, basically we can keep going. That's it's right. Bad, it's basically, a, we'll be all right. It's not no a big deal. <laughs> um, so with fire, I think of one word when I when I hear fire, and that's freedom. It's the freedom to do what you really want to do in life. You have. When you are fire, when you are financially independent, that means you have enough money from your assets that you've built up over time that can pay for your lifestyle to live. Because right now, you think about this. You have to go to your nine-to-five. You have to go to your job to be able to get paid weekly to turn around and pay your mortgage. You got to pay for your kids' daycare. You got to pay for groceries, keep the lights on, all that. So when you're fire, you get those paychecks coming in once a month you know, once every few months, however your stuff's set up, but that turns around and pays for your mortgage. Or maybe if you don't have a mortgage, we can touch on that a little bit, um, pays for your groceries. It pays for your lifestyle to live that you're living now. So there's that freedom there because you get to choose what you want to do. You get to choose if you want to go to work or if you want to go to the beach on a Tuesday afternoon or whatever, you know, whatever's up to you.
0: And you, you make a very good point. You can, you have the choice. Cause I think one of the, the major criticisms that I've heard people say and talk about is, Oh, well, why are you guys trying to be all lazy and sitting on a beach like retire early doesn't mean quote stop working right thank you it means it means like hey we're gonna do the work that we want to do this is awesome and if one day this created some sort of income for us that'd be part of our fire journey and this is work
1: but this is i'm having a blast doing this this
0: is kick-ass
1: yeah it's pretty (laughs) awesome we're literally getting we get to drink beer and talk about something that we're passionate about.
0: Go ahead. Judges at home, folks. <laughs> yeah,
1: Jud- yeah. Judges
0: at home. And, and and as people know, I mean, this is probably going to be maybe episode eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it we're, 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 regular people.
1: Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, we're and people, average
0: dudes. People are starting to find out about the podcast that don't know about the YouTube channel, which is mind blowing mm-hmm. to me. I thought it would all be our followers, but yeah, now we, we're trying to set something up where we get to choose the jobs that we have. And, it's harder or worse or it, it's it, it depends on who you are and those are kind of gonna be the three things, but why should somebody consider this? Why is it something that's so important? Why are we saying, I wanna pursue this fire movement and I wanna become a part of this fire movement? What besides getting to quote retire early, right. like we hear uh the Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. It's such a it's a catchy phrase, the Wi Fi. Why are you seeking financial independence?
1: I said it best when I said the one word, and that's freedom. But to dive into that word a little bit, I love the fact that there is a possibility out there to where I have the freedom to take my son to Sky Zone. He loves that place right now where there's all the trampolines or whatever. If it's a Wednesday 10 o'clock in the morning where typically most people are at work, if I'm financially independent, that means I'll have the freedom... To be able to say, okay, I'm not going to work today. I'm going to take my son to Sky Zone, and we're going to enjoy this day. Just just dad, we call it a bro day. Bro day. We're going to have a bro day. Yep. So having the freedom to make the decisions that I want to make in life, and the most important thing to me in my life is my family, and I want to spend as much time as I can on this planet with my family because that's one asset. You know, we talk about assets and everything. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we are never going to get back is time and i i honestly believe that time is the most important and valuable asset on this planet on this life because think about it this way the rich the guys with the jets flying their airplanes and all that they're always trying to find ways to buy their time because you're never going to get more of it so why you know, I hear stories of people, and I'm not trying to bash anybody, but like I hear stories of people who have, you know, lived their whole life. They were miserable, depressed, doing things that they didn't want to do. And then when you get to your deathbed, you're sitting in your hospital, you know, bed, your family's around you, and then you think about everything, and you start having regrets. There was those passion projects that you never started. Yep. I maybe it was like, oh, I really, really wanted to start becoming a. Uh, I wanted to open this this bakery or whatever it was, because I love to bake, you know, like, if you're that person, but you never took the chance, or you just never really fully committed yourself to do that. And then when you get to that 80 year old, 90 year old, 120 year old, hopefully, when you're on your deathbed, and you're thinking like, man, all these things I wanted to do, I never did, I never got to travel and see Hawaii or wherever it was. So when you have this financial independence, you're able to do those things, it makes it a little easier for you to take that risk, to be able to do something that you're truly passionate about.
0: And you mentioned like the death. If you don't believe that time is your most valuable asset, take like, I've heard that. I think we're Sadie said it. He's like, would you trade places with a 95 year old billionaire? Oh my God. And it's like, huge. It, and it's that in itself, it puts things into perspective. Wow. If, if you're 95, would you, I mean, maybe you could be a billionaire, but I would, I would rather be, and there's a the level of contentment.
1: Let me throw this at you. Okay. Ask that ninety-five year old if he would rather trade places with the twenty-year-old who's twenty thousand dollars in debt and just getting started in life. I, I guarantee you
0: he's gonna say he's gonna say yes just as fast as you'd say no to trading places with him. And yep. For me, I think the time thing is very valuable. And unfortunately for me, I've had situations in my life where it put things into perspective. I lost both my parents young and it wasn't until I, I mean, I started seeking my personal finance journey before I had kids, but I think my kids really, they really ex- like accelerated that or or clarified that point because, you know, not a lot of people know, and I don't, I talk about my parents a lot, but my dad he had a job where he could choose to work overnights, and my dad worked, and I know this now in perspective, but I didn't realize it when I was a freaking kid he had enough seniority where he could pick whatever shift he wanted. He always picked the overnight shift because he always wanted to walk us to school. Uh, We're living in the the house that I grew up in, so you saw how close the Mm -hmm. schools are. My dad made it a point until it wasn't cool anymore. (laughs) We're like, Dad, you can't can't bring us to school anymore. But he made it a point to walk us to school every morning. He made it a point to – be my little league baseball coach or be my soccer coach, even though he never played soccer in his whole life. And now with the kids, I'm like, wow. Like, and when my dad was really sick and my daughter was born, he was like, you know, I was really looking forward to like walking her to school. Just like I walked you to school and I was like, dad, I am going to do whatever I can do to make sure that I can walk them to school. And those are the sacrifices you were saying. Like, if you want to take off, and you want to bring Mace to Sky Zone or whatever, and you want to have a bro day, you know that, okay, the work needs to be done. You'll put in a night owl. like You'll put yes. the kids to bed, and you'll catch up on your work. Where if you have a traditional nine to five, you you have nine to five to get that work done. So it's not like you're blowing off work. Like, yeah, if it, you know, no YouTube today. But right. it's, okay, now I get to make that choice for myself where I want to either do the work now, or, all right, I'm going to take Mace, we're going to jump, and then... At one in the morning, I might be grinding it out. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's that's a choice that I'm willing to make. And I can be a night owl. And let's dive in because I think everyone now has a different path to get there. So we you have to set a foundation. We just got off a, a call with Marco Zlatic. Yeah. So we just got off a call. Marco
1: Zlatic. We know him better as Marco Whiteboard Finance.
0: And he made a great point, which I never really thought about, was – you know, Before you do anything, have a, have a pie of what you want, uh, what you want, your assets, liabilities, and your investments. And I think that's the same for FIRE. Like you, we need to go into it saying, okay, is it time with your kid? Maybe you don't have kids, so you're like, Brad, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. I don't need to walk my kid to school. But maybe it's you want to be able to go on a ski trip to yes. ju- like I know a guy that joined the FDNY because when he was a teacher, the only time he could go skiing and snowboarding was on the weekends when it was packed. Mm. But when he worked for Fitney, he's like, I can go on a Tuesday. Awesome. So he changed his job. I get down a rabbit hole, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> we tend to do that here on the podcast every now and then, especially like,
0: <laughs> you know, like after a lone night of drinking when the first couple sips send you right back there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
1: Sorry, man. students. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah. But we, we both have different like ways that we're getting there but i think the foundation and the core of our values and the the title of this podcast the three ways that we're investing for financial independence let's talk about each one of those three things and how they're slightly different but also very very similar for for both of us
1: yeah and i think you're right too about having a foundation because like the concept can sound cool Oh, cool. I'm gonna be financially independent. My money's gonna pay for my lifestyle and I'm done. You know, like, but yeah, there's a lot more to that that can be overwhelming for the first person who hears about fire. But when you really break it down like this, it really is easy to understand just how you can do this. Now it's gonna take time. You know, this anything that's that's worth wanting or anything that's, you know, nice to get, it takes a little bit bit of time until you can get there. So you have to be patient, but if you're willing to put in the work your lifestyle could completely change in a matter of 5, 10, 15 years. Amen. So, the first one Brad I want to touch on is what's the first way someone can really start investing? Let's say they're they're, a, you know, a 22-year-old kid, they just started their job, they hate working in the cubicle all day. I got, got $1,000. How should I
0: invest it? Yes. Because our
1: answers are the same. They are the same with this. <laughs> and and I, I, They don't want to hear it. No, no. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. It's going to be in yourself.
0: Exactly. Amen.
1: So how, how, does, how does somebody invest in themselves? Well, if they hear that first time, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like,
0: wait, you want me to give myself $1,000? Right. I, I have the $1,000. And when I say invest in yourself, and, and you can, add uh, disagree, is there's certain things that you can do for yourself to set yourself up in the future. And depending on where you're at in life, that's going to change. So if you have a thousand dollars to quote invest in yourself and you have $2,000 of credit card debt, Brad's probably going to say the best way for you to invest right now is to to pay off that credit card. debt. agree. All right, Brad, I'm debt free. All right. Well, educate yourself. Knowledge is power. As a school teacher, it's going to be very, very hard for anybody to debate with me. Now, maybe I'm a physics teacher. Maybe physics isn't going to be
1: the thing that makes or
0: breaks your future, but the process of learning physics
1: and, and, and the things like that. I got to touch on that real quick, man. You said knowledge is power. And I'll be honest with you, me growing up, I, I hated learning just because I didn't want to take the time to do it. And that's something I really, really regret growing up is I wish I would have paid attention more in class. I wish I would have understood more topics in class and and not even just, you know, history 101 or whatever it may be, anything. Like even just growing up, listening to my grandparents or like I was always kind of like, okay, yeah, you're trying to teach me this and whatever. Well, now that I'm 29, almost 30 years old, knowledge really is power. The more you know the more you can really do.
0: And it's simple as like changing your own oil. Yes. Yes. Like I used to have crappy summer jobs and I used to come home, dad, I I hate roofing. It's so Mm -hmm. hot. And the amount of times that my father was like, it's not a job. It's an education. Yes. And I'm like, I'm 17 years old. F you dad. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not, you're not the one on the roof right now. Right. Right. And, but you want to know what, when I was 35 years old and I built a shed and I roofed it myself or, You know, when I got an Alexa switch and I changed the light switches myself or the general carpentry, like all of those things, he was so right. So yeah, invest in yourself, whether it's reading books or going online or you have to have, you you don't want to, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. No. You know, and what's that cliche meme? Like if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And it's like. I try, and that goes along with all the other, your net work is your net worth, blah, 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 But it it really is true. I I try and learn something every day and that's, and you say, okay, well, where does the thousand dollars come in? Well, I've, I have a stack of books that I've read that probably cost me a thousand bucks or, you know, there's other ways that you can quote, buy yourself education or, you know, starting a business, which we'll get to, things like that. But what are ways that you invested in yourself?
1: First was books. So I, me being the frugal, cheap guy. So when my wife and I got married, uh, we. We lived in Kansas City at the time. I didn't have many friends up there because we moved up there from my job. We didn't really know anybody. So my wife was working nights whenever she started her job up there because she was the new nurse, had to put in the seniority. And I had nights, sometimes she'd work weekends. So Friday, Saturday nights, you know, I didn't have to work the next day. And I'm like, well, I don't really know what to do here. So I'd either just go hit up the gym. And then after the gym, I'd go to uh, Barnes & Noble. And I'd spend my Friday and Saturday night with a cup of coffee or a water or a whatever, and sit at their little book t- book tables. Right. And I would just grab a book, and every Friday or Saturday that I was in there, it would be a, it'd be the same book. And I'd like, <laughs> sometimes I even had like a little card or something I'd place in there. Sweet,
0: nobody touched this book yeah, since last week.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I'd hide it somewhere. So I would hide it in Barnes and Noble, so nobody would ever touch it. Luckily, the workers wouldn't find it, and I'd go grab it, flip to the page, I'm like. Boom, we're in business. But that's 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 one of the biggest ways I did. So it's funny you touched on books. And I would just start reading, and I think that's where I really first got educated on how to handle your finances, you know, and and learning about debt, paying off debt, and then investing the stock market. We'll get all into that in today's episode. But uh, and then also another way I I really I guess I said I invested some money in myself was I started a side hustle. So I started, for those of you who are listening that don't know, I have a YouTube channel that's now my like full-time gig, which even saying that just completely blows my mind, to be honest. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's nuts, <laughs> man. Um, But the fact that I took a chance, I so I had a camera, at, to be honest, when I first started, I didn't invest any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I started growing a little bit, some of that money of my own that I kind of threw into myself to help build the quality of the side hustle, I started this YouTube channel that, I first was maybe more of a passion project because I what became so obsessed with finances and I needed that creative outlet to be able to talk about what I really was finding and learning about. Right. But as it started to grow, it started to make a little money. And then what you can do with that money on top of your income you're already making cuz you're li- think about this, you're living a lifestyle based on your income. At least that's what you should be doing. So if you're living a lifestyle based on your income, and then all of a sudden, you get an extra decent-sized boost of income to come in, that's kind of like winning the lottery. Yeah, it, 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 it is. Because all of that income you earn, you get to do whatever you want with it. Now, obviously, you could go blow it and you know buy a fancy car or a new boat or whatever it may be. But if you use that to further enhance your financial status, or, or it's not, maybe that's not the right word, but... enhance your wealth, your overall wealth and net worth. You're using money to make more money. Absolutely. Dude, it's unreal what it can do for you.
0: And you mentioned that that's like part, it started as a passion project, which was fine. But then you realize, and I did the same thing. Like I started with an iPhone and then I got a USB mic. Then I got a a webcam. Then I got lights. Then I got a real light. Then I got a real camera. and And those were all things that... We invested in ourselves to make our, our product, but, but I don't think either of us started YouTube with the intention of this is what we're going to do forever. No but way. what we did find out is through education and through investing in our businesses and investing in our passion projects, so many people try and quit their W 2 job to do their side hustle. Yes. You had to go through many different steps and checks and balances before you said, YouTube is my job. Mm-hmm. And That's a I think people make that mistake, like, oh, I'm gonna make my side hustle my job. Well, it better be your job it better become like income stable for you to become a job and I love your YouTube channel. It's sick.
1: (laughs) Thanks, man. No. And and, you know, we both have YouTube channels and that's kinda like our side hustle. But I do want to say like there are other ways you can make a side hustle, you know, to to be able to earn that extra income. And I'm talking about from bare minimum, like, you know, maybe you just want to go pick up a, a few delivery services through Uh, what is it Postmates or maybe you want to go work for uh, become a a pizza delivery guy to pay some extra debt off whatever it may be that's investing in yourself yes and there's I'll be honest with you there is I will never look at another man or woman and 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 judge somebody on how they're making money I I hear sometimes people like oh I'm never going to go deliver pizzas it's above them what yeah what? I don't get that. I don't understand how somebody could say that. First of all, what the hell is wrong with delivering pizza? You know what I mean? I like, didn't. exactly. So, or maybe it's maybe you want to. Maybe you don't want to go that d- another W two route for a side hustle. So maybe you want to start up a, uh, a baking business. I know a girl. Um, my or, wife orders Etsy, p- yeah, Etsy or whatever it is. So there's a there's a girl who uh, she's real good at like making uh, uh, cookies, like fancy cookies and decorating them and everything. And people order them for special occasions. She does that as a side hustle. It's extra income. Or maybe you want to start a lawn business for a summer. Maybe you're a teacher. And then you, you're off on the summers. We you're all like, lifeguard okay, here. Everyone exact, lifeguards. Lifeguards yeah. or a, a mowing company or whatever you want to do. There's just so many ways. I know sometimes I think you and I get stuck on the YouTube end and maybe some of our listeners have no I know, are, have no, have interest in starting a YouTube channel. That's why I like to bring up those other ways.
0: You can also do things short term.
1: Like, yes. I know
0: people that picked up Uber jobs just so they were out of debt. The right. day they were out of debt, they're like, F this. I'm never doing Uber ever again. Yep. And, that's, that's an investment in yourself. You're like, all right, I'm going to drive an Uber car. Maybe this is going to suck. But in a couple of years, that's an investment
1: in yourself. Yep. You're, you're, you're putting off short-term gratification to be able to enhance your lifestyle down the road. Contentment. Yep, exactly.
0: But now, if somebody's already doing that or they're like, Evan, I'm never going to start a side <laughs> hustle, the next, I think, is the more traditional route. Quote investing and there's a number of different ways. How are you investing right now to build upon? All right, so now you have the side hustle that's making money. Okay, now how are you using that in your primary? And because your primary investments have to be part of that fire journey, yeah? for sure.
1: Yeah. So I guess after you invest in yourself, I think the next biggest way. So the second way we're we're touching on here is probably the most popular in the fire community. And that's through the stock market, uh, and there's there's different ways you can invest in the stock market. So probably inside the stock market, the most common way the fire movement is investing is through index funds. Amen, brother. So the cool thing I like about index funds, and I would say majority of my portfolio is investing and in, is invested in index funds within the stock market. Stocks are on a whole another a whole another part of this that we're going to touch on, but with investing in index funds. Maybe you're the individual that's like, okay, I have this money, I want to invest it, but I don't know really where to invest. I don't know how to pick the companies. I don't know. I don't want to spend the time to look up and how to pick the companies. So the best thing that ever was created is a passively investor, a passively managed index fund. VTSAX, or you can go the ETF route like VOO, VYM, whatever it may be. And we're maybe saying these words and they're a little confusing to you, but basically the, the easiest way to do this is you can open up an IRA. You can open up a taxable brokerage account, a Roth IRA. And within those accounts, now some of those accounts have you know age limits where you can pull the money out, but there's like Roth conversion ladders and way you can get into That's a whole other episode.
0: Yeah. We did talk briefly about it. Invest- was it episode four or five? I think, I
1: think it was four. I believe. Yeah,
0: we talked strictly about investing. Yeah.
1: So that's a great one to go back and listen to some of that stuff. But really, what I was saying is, you know, there's ways to invest. The simplest way to do it, open up any one of those accounts that you want and put that money into that account. And inside of that account, you can buy those index funds. Yep. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'm, I'm pretty open about my investments. I think, Brad, you're the same way. Majority of your your index fund that you invest in is VTSAX.
0: 90%. Yeah. 90, so, I mean, my. 43B 4, my 457 so that's 19005 each so we'll call that just a sh- uh, touch under 40000 okay is all vtsax yeah it's it's all total stuff and people say oh what about what about uh, VOO? What about the 500? Okay. Go, There's
1: yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I just personally liked the simple path to wealth, and yeah. I'm a VTSAX guy. And some people are like, oh, well, what about FSKAX? And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if, if you're a Fidelity person, then I did a video on just Fidelity. I did FSKAX versus VTSAX. Same thing. Right. So, yeah, no, I think I I still advocate to this day that I want a majority of your investment portfolio to be in some sort of index being either the S&P 500 or being the total stock market. Now you start to build that up. I mean, there has to be, there has to be at least a a spot for, you know, individual stocks and things like that as well.
1: Yeah. So that kind of leads me into one of the major ways I really started with, you know, getting invested in the stock market to fund my lifestyle or maybe to fund a portion of my lifestyle through FIRE is dividend investing. So dividend investing is basically buying dividend paying companies or stocks that are on a quarterly basis, a monthly basis, or maybe an annual basis, they're paying you a dividend to simply own the company. It's kind of like a, hey, investors, thank you for owning a piece of this company. Here's your little portion. Uh, talk to you in three months. Yep. You know what I mean? So the cool thing about this is is you know, maybe it takes quite a bit of capital to build up to actually start earning the dividends as well substantial amount of income to pay a mortgage or to pay your grocery bill for the month or whatever it may be but the cool thing is is once the ball gets rolling It's compounds it's amazing what
0: and everyone and everyone starts at zero yes everyone like yes
1: you pro- <laughs> the first dividend you make is like, sense It's like your are fir- – I'm not going to say it. Well I'm going to say it. It's like if you ever take like <laughs> – I don't know if I can say this. If you ever take a drug, you know, I'm not saying we're drug users Never, here.
0: Well, we're drinking alcohol. That's
1: <laughs> Okay, let's say you tr- first time drinking a beer or whatever. You're like, wow, this is pretty good. It's like hitting that dude and it's like – damn this is pretty good
0: caffeine's another drug there you go I that,
1: had, maybe I, that was a better
0: I am, I am heavily i'm heavily addicted guilty oh, i, I am brad and i am addicted to caffeine
1: <laughs> yeah I'll, when i said drugs i just meant like that type of drugs no is you horrible.
0: didn't no you didn't <laughs>
1: no, they oh, are into edm I,
0: <laughs> what do you tell the people about it no oh, but, but you're right like, yeah and he, and it's probably going to be seven or eight cents, and you're still just fired up about it. And yeah, granted, to make a to make fifty thousand dollars a year, you probably need a million dollar portfolio. Yeah. But you'll you, you start at zero, and I think the there's a debate between two: the dividend versus growth. So mm-hmm. I think, and you can stop me if I'm wrong. Dividends is pretty much if you want to build that and create that income, that's every quarter, every month, regardless. But then you have your growth stocks like, my favorites are Visa, MasterCard, Microsoft, Apple, those types of stocks. Tesla. That Tesla, where you're investing in those for the gains later on yeah. down the road. The but, cool
1: thing, though, is Apple and Microsoft, they pay us Visa. Small dividend. Yeah, so that, that's, you're getting kind of the best of both worlds, and I love those companies. Dividend growth That's stocks. right. That's right, baby. <laughs> They're
0: dividend growth Yeah, stocks.
1: yeah. So the cool thing about that is, one thing why I really like dividend investing, because I think mostly in the in the uh, FIRE movement, is a lot of people are talking about, when they invest in the stock market, they talk about something that's called the 4% rule. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on that in today's episode. Maybe That could literally be a whole other episode on its own. We could talk about that for a half hour. Yeah. Know? So basically, real quick to sum it up, let's say you have a million-dollar portfolio invested in index funds. So, whenever you are wanting to, like most people in the fire movement say, there was a there was a study done, and I'm, I don't have it off the top of my head, to be honest, but they said with. Uh
0: it was a Trinity study.
1: Is, that's what it was called. Yep, okay. The Trinity study, yep. So, the Trinity study, and you may have to come in here a little bit if I'm going to butcher this, but <laughs> You're good. you can safely withdraw 4% of your portfolio on an annual basis.
0: Including interest. I mean, and, including inflation.
1: Including inflation to where you will safely never run out of money.
0: Correct. So, essentially, I think the 4% rule, and th- like you said, this is debated. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, I want the 5% rule. Mm-hmm. I, want, I can live on three. Essentially, I think. If we take the Trinity study and we put it into realistic terms for you, me and whoever else is listening, is that retirement, quote unquote, is not an age, it's an amount of money because your investments return on a monthly basis. And what the 4% rule is saying is that if you and I've been trying to tell this to my freaking mother in law, they <laughs> they have more money than God, and they they their their guy, yeah, their guy keeps telling yeah. them they're not ready to invest. When if you have a million dollars, four percent of that you're going to live is forty thousand dollars. You're going to live if your income is less than forty thousand dollars a year. Right. Then you can essentially have a nest egg, right? That's the amount of money that you have of a million dollars. You can withdraw forty thousand dollars of that, and with investments, the tax Mm -hmm. rabbit hole. But at the end of the year, if you take that forty out, how much you have left? You got a million left. Yep. And what's going to happen next year? Forty. And once, you, and you're never going to decrease your nest egg. Now are there going to be ups and downs a year? Yeah, absolutely. That's why you have a million. That's why you have one year's living expenses saved in cash. Yep. So if we have a 2020 again, maybe you live off your cash reserves. You don't pull your investments because they just drop 30, mm-hmm. percent and then they'll go back up, and then you build your cash reserve. So yep. yeah, I think the four, the numbers part of the four percent rule is it's debatable, and I'll, I'll even debate them myself, but. It's it touched on the point that retirement is not an age; it's an amount of money. Yes.
1: So, to go back to what I was saying is that's one of the reasons why I love the dividend investing route because with the dividend investing route, this is money getting paid to you. Right. This isn't money you have to take out of your account. Yes. You know, now you could, if you're not reinvesting the dividends and I get all that, but as far as the four percent rule versus dividends. The, the, the con with the dividend route is you have to have more money up front to be able to earn that income, to not be able to pull out the $40,000 or whatever it may be. But the awesome part is you're not taking any of those capital gains out of your account. So as your account keeps growing year over year over year over year because of compound interest, you're just taking a little bit of that – or you're just getting paid through that account with your dividends. Mm-hmm. That's why I love dividend investing for fire more than I like the four percent rule, because there's just something about me that I don't feel comfortable pulling that money out of my account. I would rather, maybe it's just like the nerd investor in me. I like to see that to continue to grow until I do hit that retirement, you know, quote unquote retirement age of fifty nine or sixty. So, with these dividends that are just coming in on a monthly basis now, when you have enough stocks built up that have a different ex-dividend date, right? you know, and their, their dividend payouts get paid at different times, is, this is a consistent inflow of cash. And
0: there's, there's stocks out there that pay, I think it, the definition of a dividend stock, people will say like 2 3%, but I mean, for people that don't really understand what we're talking about as far as numbers, like right now, AT&T is trading at $28, and they pay a 7% dividend. So essentially right now, what that means is for every single $28 share of AT&T that you own, they pay you 7% of that. So you take 28, you multiply it by 0.07. That's what they're going to pay you per share. So as you start to build that up well, now, when you have a hundred shares of it, so now you have $2,800 invested. And I, I only know these numbers because I invest in AT&T. They're paying you 40 and change a quarter. It's crazy. And you don't have to sell, that's what you're saying like as far as you don't have to sell off your shares. Correct. You can just keep your 100 shares and then if you have 1000 shares now it becomes 400 bucks. If you have 100,000 shares it becomes $40,000 in just one company.
1: Yes, and there's a cool game you can play with that is right now AT&T is trading lower than its average price. Mm-hmm. So every time a company trades lower, their dividend yield becomes higher. Because, and I don't want to get into all the math details. (laughs) It's not tied directly to the share price. So with that, if you can find, if you know a company that pays a good dividend, has a decent balance sheet, is a good quality company, you know, we're not talking about going and investing in 24% yielding companies that are going to cut their dividend next year. We're, We're talking about blue chip
0: at t is about as high as I'm going to go.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Seven
0: percent is my sketch range. Right. Well,
1: well, the, <laughs> the perfect part of that though is because at t is so high right now is because their their share price is lower and it was like it was at like the twenty six mark, which almost got it to an eight percent dividend yield. So if you would have bought AT&T at t six dollars and then their earnings came out, they had a pretty good announcement. You know, the stuff's looking good. Uh, my wireless business is going well it shot AT&T up another $2 now your yield on cost is, is even higher yep. because you bought in at that lower price to get that higher dividend yield
0: and we just use AT&T an example i know people are like, but, yeah. but yeah.
1: they have so much
0: debt. Like, yeah. listen we're not going we're not analyzing at and right, right, right. i'm just using them for for a number
1: standpoint and they are paying off a lot of that debt though
0: they hey, and when they get rid of that chain we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm, side but mm-hmm. when they get rid of that damn direct tv <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking I can speak a little yeah, bit like yeah. that damn direct TV <laughs> what were they thinking <laughs> but hey we, we every company shoots themselves in the foot but we we can move now so we we talked alright, you can invest in yourself. Super cliche, not sexy. You don't tell your friends, hey, I bought a book. I'm trying to retire early. <laughs> you're gonna tell you can <laughs> tell, tell you're a loser. Then you can start investing in stocks, which is now now you're a man at the dinner table. Like, mm-hmm. How's your portfolio mm-hmm. looking? Or a, a lady at the dinner table. Sorry. Sexist. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry for generalizing. <laughs> but the third step is a form of investing and it's all about creating this passive income and I'm slightly jealous of your position, and I'll get there. Okay. Here's a great example, guys. So everything JJ is about to speak about, I am completely noob. Mm -hmm. I have no experience. I'm dabbling. But uh, what I want you to know is like, when JJ and I are having these conversations, we're not preaching to you. We're telling you about things we've done. And in this case, when it comes to real estate, JJ, you are above and beyond where I'm at
1: and but i'm no expert no but yeah
0: but that's the point like right. somebody in the car is listening like i'm still trying to find i'm still trying to fund my primary residence mm-hmm. sweet awesome work on steps one and two and then we'll get to third and right. you, so y- your favorite thing and i know you, you you mentioned this a lot on the podcast and we mentioned it a lot in person that you wish you could talk about it more on youtube but mm-hmm. the damn algo know, man, that, that damn that algo algorithm. but uh your favorite form and what you wish you could get on top of the buildings and scream from the
1: mountaintops. Yeah.
0: Is real estate. Absolutely. So touch, we're going to talk real estate in a full episode as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably multiple ones. No,
0: because there's, there's many different ways Mm -hmm. and me and you are both using two different ways right now. And you just started another. So we'll talk about that. But how is somebody listening in the car right now? Like, okay, how are you making money? How, what does it mean to invest in quote real estate?
1: Mm -hmm. So, for a fire type episode, I'm gonna lean more towards the way that most people can retire early through real estate, and that's through rental properties. So, with rental properties, basically, to really sum it up, and I'm gonna say this again. I guess my favorite word for today's episode is basically. For some reason, I literally keep saying
0: that. <laughs> that. I say I always say, especially you find these out when you edit, right? And everyone at home now, it's gonna make the mad. Oh yeah, I'm always like, I think. You know what I think? I think. I'm like, <laughs> the amount of I thinks that I edit out of every episode. God, God, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's fine. Um, you can leave them in there. I don't care. <laughs> no, <keep driving laughs> yeah, crazy. right. So, you know, I think. Oh. Yeah. So there ba- uh, we go again. Basically, <laughs> basically. Basically what I'm trying with, to say yeah, here. Yeah, with, with real estate is how someone is able to retire early off of rentals is everyone knows through how rents work you got somebody you have a tenant that lives in a property you have a landlord who owns that property and that tenant pays that landlord a certain amount of agreed upon uh, rent every single month let's say it's 500 bucks or 1000 bucks let's say 1000 for easy math purposes but in california it's oh, 10000 yeah sorry I'm so God. depending on the part of country you're in <laughs> So let's say a thousand bucks to rent a, the property you're living in. Well, that landlord takes that thousand dollars. If that landlord has a mortgage on that property, he has to take a portion of that thousand dollars. He has to pay his mortgage. Amen. On, with his mortgage is included on taxes and and insurance, with, like with everybody else's property. And then on top of that, sometimes you may have to call your landlord, come in, fix a water heater, or you got a leaky faucet, or you know doors all you know uneven or something. There's little things you have to go in and fix, so that he gets has to take that out of that thousand dollars as well. The cool part is is if you did your deal right, you're going to have a little bit of leftover cash at the end of the at the end of the month. Right? So let's say after mortgage, uh, expenses, maintenance, all that stuff taken account up, account for, now you have $400 of true hard cash flow. And that's after all expenses are paid. So this is $400 that you get to do whatever you want with. Or let's say it's 500.
0: Whatever even if it's a dollar.
1: Yeah. So now you made a buck. Now you got, uh, you're going to have to do the math for me. Now we have 10 properties cash flowing at $500. What's that? $5,000. $5,000. So now you got $5,000 of true cash flow after all expenses are paid coming in as income that you can use for whatever you want. And I know, I'm I'm going to guarantee this. Majority of the listeners that are listening to this podcast, if you gave them $5,000 a month, they'd be able to live. five. Lives. Yep.
0: Now, if we could, and you can veto this, can you, you have a buy and hold, Mm -hmm. you are a landlord. Mm -hmm. Can you talk general numbers on somebody that, so you're in the suburbs of St. Louis? Yes. We'll talk about my situation because I'm the extreme. I'm in New York where this is impossible to Mm -hmm. do. If you live in California or New York, what, what are the numbers that look like? Had, cause you talk about this, you talked about on YouTube channel, but the algo hates you, but what what are the numbers that you're seeing or is is five hundred dollars reasonable is that bs
1: yeah it really depends on how much money you're putting in up front on a deal so i've been talking about this a lot lately is one of the best ways you can quickly analyze a deal and especially for a beginner now obviously you have to go a little bit more in depth if you're really thinking about making an offer Mm -hmm. but if you're just wanting to scope your market and see what's going on i typically like to say and there's a rule out there in the real estate investing community saying the one percent rule right so what that means is is Let's say you look at a house that's listed at $100,000, right? That's the purchase price, and that's what you're willing to pay for it. Realistically, what the 1% rule means, you want to be able to have rents coming in that are 1% of the purchase price every month. So let me break that down a little bit better. Okay. So if you purchase this house for $100,000 every single month, you want to get 1000 bucks in rent.
0: Okay. That's, easy. that's the, easy, man. Yes. 200000 you yep. want 200000 in rent. Okay, go ahead.
1: And you may be looking at a market you're like, okay, well, JJ, I don't know what I'm going to get in rent on this house. Well, then I say call a realtor because obviously you're going to have to have a realtor who is going to help you purchase that property. And they work for you. Exactly. They should be able to tell you roughly what those markets are, are going to get in rent. And you want to find somebody who has worked with other investors and you can call. Now. I recommend calling multiple realtors and really you get an understanding of who really knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. Okay, And you can use some things like, oh, do you know what the 1% rule is? And if they don't, maybe go look for another realtor because you can tell they haven't worked with a lot of real, a lot of real estate yeah, investors. Yeah,
0: you're, you're, you're forthright. You're like, hey, I'm an investor. Yes. I'm not trying to buy a house. Right. And there's also real estate agent, like the guy that I bought my house with, mm-hmm. He's strictly, he doesn't do, he doesn't really deal with investors. So there's also that. He's like, Brad, that's just not my bag, baby. That's not what I do. So he's like, but I can get you in touch with a guy that only sells to investors.
1: Exactly. And that's, that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, So to go back to the numbers. So you said I live in, uh, I live South of St. Louis um, and I actually, and this may touch on what you're going to get at is I actually invest outside of where I live. My investment property is four hours away from where I live, and that may sound daunting to some people. But we'll touch on a little that in a little bit. But as far as numbers go, so my my this is all from the top of my head, people. I this wrote down. So my property I purchased, my first rental property, was eighty nine nine. It was nine ninety thousand dollars. And the cool thing was, I'm knew I would get around nine hundred dollars a month. So there was that one percent rule met which is pretty hard to find right now in today's market because the real estate market is exploding right now. So with me having the, uh, I put 25% down, uh, that was just a personal choice of mine, but if you buy it as an investment property, you have to put a minimum of 20% down. If you're not going to going to live in it,
0: it's not the same as primary residence where you can get FHA for Correct. 4% real estate. If it's not your primary residence, right. you need 20%.
1: Right. Okay. There are ways to get around like having 15% down or whatever, but at the end of the day, your Call loan down. costs a lot more. Call it 20 Right. So 20%. And then with multifamily properties, it's a minimum of 25. Anyways, point taken. Um, So now I I purchased this house for ninety thousand dollars. My rents this for past year have been eight ninety five, so just under nine hundred. We're actually raising the rents uh, next month to nine fifty. So now I'm I'm over that one percent rule, and I I'm I know we'll get it no problem. Uh, So with. Let's say for the nine hundred dollars coming in, my mortgage is roughly like three hundred and sixty to three hundred and eighty dollars. That's including taxable. That's including taxes and insurance. And then, luckily this year, I haven't had too many major money going out for expenses because my wife and I went up for a weekend. We worked fifteen hours for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You painted it yourself. Yeah. My <laughs> wife was pregnant at the time. I mean, you know, we were really grinding our gears up there on the uh, on the rental property. But we fixed a lot of things ourselves. We took the four hour drive when we were going to be up there for the weekend. So let's say we put in, let's say we stuck like, I don't know, $2,000 into this property or whatever. So that was initial capital up front on top of the down payment. But after that, we didn't have too many maintenance issues throughout the year. Tenants paid on time. They're great tenants. After everything said and done, we were earning between like $380 to $400 a month in in cash flow every single month. I also mentioned that I have uh, the property being four hours away. I just almost forgot this. I have to pay a property manager. So I hired a property manager to manage this property for me, which this is one thing I do like is this has made my life so much easier because I don't have to worry about a damn thing. That's investing in yourself. Absolutely. It frees up my time to put it elsewhere where maybe let's say I have to spend an hour working on something on the house that's going to save me a couple hundred dollars to where I can go spend an hour, let's say four hours on a YouTube video that's going to make me a shit ton more money than a couple hundred dollars. Nate O'Brien taught us that. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's that's kind of where I was thinking at with that. Also, the reasons why – where I'm at is I'm pretty far south of St. Louis. I'm like in a rural area, so it's kind of hard to find like good deals there. They're there, but it's just harder to find. Kansas City popping. I mean, Kansas City is a wonderful rentals, rental market. So that's kind of – and I also lived there for three years. My wife and I did. So we were very familiar with the areas too. So we know kind of like the good spots, the bad spots. The spots are making you go a little eh, you know, like – It's got the good street, and the next street over is kind of like okay. Sketch. We got yeah, exactly. Every town has a sketch.
0: Every city has a sketch. Every this is there's a south of the tracks everywhere. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where my numbers are sitting at right now. So we're talking three. Let's say let's just say three fifty to four hundred dollars a month is what I'm earning, and all that money is staying in the real estate business. I'm not pulling any of that out as income because I want to build it faster.
0: As a New Yorker, we have to look out of town essentially unless you have a boat ton of money, which I, I personally don't, but I'm still making it work. But the, the one thing I did want to mention, cause you said like you're out of town is that's the first excuse people are going to make. Like I want to be able to see it. I want like, and I think on bigger pocket, bigger pockets. I've read all of their books, mm-hmm. but I think David green said something like, okay, so the house is around the block from you and the tenants are dirt bags. Are you going to knock on the door and be that tough guy? Right? No, you're going to call somebody to take care of it for you. Yep. Well, so what's the difference about calling somebody to take care of it a mile from you or a hundred miles from you? Like, you're not, we're not in this age where like, if there's trash on the lawn, you're going to, you're going to go up there and start a fist fight yeah, or like, yeah. or like, it's better off if you almost don't see like the petty things that might be petty, or, but, but it's like, there's stuff that I know. Look at your neighbors, for example, yeah. that like your neighbors do. That's not a big deal but it drives you effing crazy. Oh, yeah. So like if I had a real estate property that I drove by every day and it was like, or the the grass wasn't cut to my liking, I'm a grass guy. Yep. Now you're like, those effing tennis? yeah and then, but the rest Cut of the world
1: the damn grass
0: <laughs> but the rest of the world's like uh it's at two and a half inches not two brad calm down like yeah, it, yeah. every lawn doesn't need to be an effing fairway <laughs> but and it and i think there's almost a piece of have you experienced because I, I don't know i don't yeah. have a bind hold have you experienced the fact of a little bit out of sight out of mind
1: oh Hunter, dude i'm so glad you touched on that because i am that guy where i'm a very like OCD type of person. I need to have my hands in everything I'm doing. I want to make sure it's being done right. So that was my first actually like real big piece of thing piece of mind that I had a trouble with. Was my wife my wife was more on board with the property manager cuz she's like I don't want you to have to spend a bunch of time, but this is another thing. You really don't have to spend much time if you manage it yourself. I just do this because I do have a lot of other things going on in my life right now where just managing a rental. I just won't have to deal with it. So like you can get by managing it yourself. It doesn't take much time out of your day. I don't, I do want to make that point known, but you're right. Having that out of sight, out of mind with the rental property has been amazing because I would be that guy. I would be that landlord that would drive by every day after work or whatever, and go check out the lawn or make sure they don't have like a boat sitting out in the middle of the front yard or whatever. Like I would be checking on that tour now, i mean, personally like, I just don't want them trashing my house, which if they do, so be it. I got to fix it. That's part of being a real estate investor. If they punch a
0: hole in your wall you in your f- hometown or a, a yeah. hundred miles away.
1: It's the same thing. You got to get a fix. And
0: uh, to give my personal situation. So, now here's the far alternative mm-hmm. to that and something that's working for me. I mentioned, if I want to do this in New York and you guys know the high cost of living areas in this country. I, I live in one of them. So I said, I need a boat ton of money. So for me, a $90,000 property Ninety five thousand, hundred thousand. 100,000, I can't get it like I can't even buy a, a lot like you you see I we were talking about the I was pointing out some houses to JJ yesterday now that he's here in New York I'm like guess what that house costs and mind-blowing it, yeah. it is and that's the first thing especially on social media people are like oh that that two hundred hundred thousand dollars wouldn't even get me a garage or mm-hmm. a shed okay great so I know that and instead of making excuses and saying like I can't buy real estate property I said okay well how about I call a guy in Charleston, West Virginia and I say, Hey, I got a hundred thousand dollars to invest. Could that help your business? Now we we've mentioned John. Shull. I can't wait to get John. I know, right here, but John Scholl is in Charleston, West Virginia. He has a team in place of realtors, contractors, lawyers. He has a whole thing where he is taking other people's money and making it work for them and making it work for him. So, Essentially, he calls me up and says, "Hey, I want to do this real estate thing, but I could use some investment dollars. Would you like to invest where $100,000 won't go anywhere for you in New York. Mm-hmm. But if you wire me 100 grand, I'll I'll get you 10% on your money and while you can use that 10% and you can build to 200. And if 200 doesn't get you something in New York, lend me 200, I'll give you some money and then when you and then one day I'll be able to say to John Scholler, "Hey, bud, thank you so much for your time." It's been an awesome journey. I can now, I now have that money. So that's all the mindset thing. If you're, if you're in California, like, nope, real estate's not for me. Or if you're in New York, like, I can't do that with these. You're making excuses yeah. because you got fifty k. There's a real estate investor somewhere in the country that will take your fifty k. Yep. And like mine was right now. I'm I'm working with John on a ninety five thousand dollar investment. So same amount of money. I sent John $95,000. We set up you know, proper paperwork mm-hmm. with his lawyers. We set up liens and, and first whatever. And I get protection on my money just like I would anywhere else. And he yep. pays me 10% of my money. Yep. So every single month, I get a $750 awesome. check. And then when he sells the property, I get that money back. And I just roll it into we'll the next investment. So do not be one of those people because your friends are going to tell you that re- real estate's dangerous. Landlords trash houses. I mean, uh, rental—they tread mm-hmm. guys. Let's be honest. Yeah, people like to live in nice houses. I can't wait to get to real estate, and we've we've taken up people's time. I mean, we, especially when we're in real
1: estate, because well, I I do want to say this yeah. quickly. With in my personal opinion, especially speaking on fire and having, I think I I don't think we mentioned this yet, and I do, really do want to say this is. Yeah. Real estate is the fastest way, in my opinion, that can you can reach financial independence because you have the power to leverage your money. Now I'm not I'm not getting over leveraged. I'm going to be safe with it, and you know make sure I got my eyes dotted and t's crossed. But with having this cash flow coming in every single month, like I mentioned on that example earlier, you got ten homes that are cash flowing five hundred dollars a month. That's that's five thousand dollars. That's going to pay your lifestyle. And if
0: you get throw punched.
1: You sell that house, yeah, and there's a hundred grand in your pocket. Yep, like it, if or sell one and pay one of them off, and now you got more cash flow coming from that one property.
0: Well, because yeah, because you mentioned leveraging it off with a mortgage. Yes, if if you still have that property in thirty years, now you don't have a mortgage. So would you? Your mortgage is three hundred bucks. Now you went from and the, you can keep raising rents, but your fixed mortgage rate your Never mortgage is, your mortgage is going to be three hundred dollars until that thing is gone. So, oh, dude, it's. So, I mean, we talked, we, I feel like we finished strong on real estate. This is not a real estate uh, right. episode, but it's all about the, the the whole picture. Yeah. It's the big pie that we talked about earlier. Well, it's,
1: then real quick, Brad, I want you to run through again real, to, to wrap this all up. Yeah. What are the three ways to invest for financial independence, the FIRE movement, that we kind of just mentioned on today?
0: First off, establish... The fact that this is a journey that you're going to do. And listening to this podcast is investing in yourself. 100%. Maybe you're just doing it because you like JJ's beard. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, in, just listening to this alone is, is the first step. But invest in yourself. If you have debt, get rid of your debt. Put the, put the, the, don't worry about the stock market. Put, the, put it in yourself. Mm-hmm. Learn things. Get the, get the journey started. Once you're good, maybe you're out of debt or you learned what you want to learn. Start investing in some stocks, individual stocks. If you are more passive, then you want to go the index fund route. And then once, while you are doing, this is not going to happen overnight. So while you are doing steps one and two, it's not like, all right, I invested in stocks. Let's start learning about real estate today. No, it's let's start doing some baby steps. Yeah, let's start doing some Roth IRA stuff and reading some books from Bigger Pockets or listening to Bigger Pockets podcast. Before we get out of here, do you, I I hope that you brought a review that you would like to read because I don't know if you, if if this is the first time listening, we've, we take so much pride and we always mention like, please, and JJ's going to say like, leave a review. There are, there are certain podcast streamers that don't allow you to leave a review. So many people are like, how do I leave a review on Spotify? You can't leave a review on Spotify yet, but you can and go over, even if you listen on Spotify, you can shoot over to Apple. It's. It's one of the things that we really look forward to most because it really we we're doing this out of labor of love and we're doing this to be teachers and when yeah. we hear that we are helping people and changing people's lives, it's awesome. Take it away, JJ.
1: So this uh, review comes from Hello uh, hashtag Q and it says, "Amazing podcast. Simply put, five star review. These guys are amazing. Two average guys." not millionaires showing off their wealth. I've been watching their YouTube channels and now here I am on the podcast. These guys make a great combo. Love listening to you guys at work. Beautiful. Yep. I love it. That's, that's one of my favorite things is like getting a new review, seeing what somebody says. I love it. And it's not to like, like we,
0: we're we not saying this because we need you to tell us like how much you really like us. Right. Right. But it's more of We're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like you took time away from your family. This is important to us. Yes. To get this message out and to help people. We are not millionaires. Nope. I'm not a
1: millionaire. Hopefully, getting there close. Hopefully.
0: But if we get there, I want to bring everybody with us. Yeah. You know, I want. I still
1: want to be relatable.
0: I want people to be like, I remember when you were baby steps, Brad. You, you little bastard, and you're little, (laughs) and you're 189 thousand dollars worth of debt, and those are the things. And I'm getting like too old for YouTube. I'm getting close, but. (laughs) The reviews they they're just they're just awesome
1: and they really do help out the podcast. I mean they really do it. Yeah, not only does it mean a lot to us, but us as a newer podcast, you know, we're not getting broadcasted out anywhere yet. If you
0: go to Apple Podcasts and you just search personal finance, we're not going to show. up. Keep scrolling,
1: keep scrolling. (laughs) We haven't made that cut yet, but God, I hope we get there. A lot
0: of our listeners are from YouTube, and and those are the those are our ogs. Those are our real people. You know, Cheers. cheers to that. And but the guy that is going for a run today and wants to try a personal, like the reviews are what's going to really stream that in there. Yep. And we, we've been reading reviews and we're not like picking like, Oh, this was the best review we got this week, but we'll get to all of them all. Yeah. And then hopefully one day we'll have something to give away. We'll give away stuff for, Yeah, that'd
1: be cool. That's a good idea. Actually.
0: We enjoyed having you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed it. And we'll catch you on the next one.